Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Dodder. Thanks for joining. Today in the podcast studio, you're back with Hannah Stobbs with the Watermark Institute, specifically helping with the Join the Journey podcast. And today I'm so excited to be in here with my friend, Will Baker. Hey, what's up? Will, I'm glad you're joining us today. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, it is. I'm super excited. So excited. You came in with your guitar. Did you think this was a worship podcast? Well, I am going to lead team afterward and mm. I'm leading worship for them. But you know, any anytime, anywhere, he, just let me know. Anytime's a good time to praise the Lord. Exactly. And so you are ready. Exactly. No, well, I'm glad you're hanging out with us today. And so can you tell us a little bit about, about your story? How did you come to know Jesus and walk with him? Tell us yeah. about that. So I've been going... Really, I've been going to church and to Watermark since I was like a little baby. Yeah. I used to have my baby photo up on the wall at like wow. the child care. Oh my, you were and the child. I in was child the care. child. <laughs> I was the child. Okay. And I had like all these friends who were at Watermark. Sure. And they were going to school with me and we had everything going for us. Mm-hmm. And that turned into this sense of pride hmm. that I was the child. Yeah. That I was like, I was. I was the guy. I was him. Yep. And then I had kind of this balance of because I'm not struggling with this or with that and because mm. I don't deal like there. I mean, it was junior high really at the yeah, time. Sure. So it wasn't like big major things, but like mm-hmm. I wasn't cussing. So I'm sure. a better person. Yeah. I'm I'm a Christian. So I'm a better person. I'm yeah. this. I'm that. When really it turns into like I'm just as broken and mm-hmm. my pride was like the easy way of seeing that. Yeah. Then you get like high school. I turned to this side of I'm like trying to people please Mm -hmm. and I'm balancing who like who do I want to like me? What do I need to do to get them to like me? And sometimes what I took so much pride in, what I took all the self-righteousness, I would then forfeit so people would like me. So like that turns into all this stuff of like making jokes I shouldn't make and Mm -hmm. all that. And all through, I was like, oh, but at least I'm not that. At least I'm not that. Mm-hmm. When really, just as broken. Yeah. Um, and then, s- summer after my sophomore year, okay. I go to Camp Barnabas as a missionary. Mm-hmm. And they are in such desperate need of staff that they were willing to hire someone going into their junior year of high school. Wow. So, I go and I work four weeks as a staffer at Barnabas. And it was the most life-changing four weeks yeah. of my life. And I... Was like surrounded by all these people who weren't exactly my age, but very close to my age, and they mm-hmm. were very intentional about their relationship with God. Yeah, they didn't make anything a chore. They chose to do everything. Yep. This, like everyone, would go on road trips on our breaks and just like do worship music on the road back. Yeah, and I, that blew my mind at the time. Yeah, yeah. So it really like it made my faith turn from like. I grew up in the church. I have this family faith, and now it's like I have this independent faith. Sure, I'm, like I'm still in the family, but I'm striving yeah. to like have my own faith and believe what I believe, not because this is what I was raised on, but mm-hmm. because I believe it. Absolutely, there's always it's always really interesting and really powerful when our faith comes from this isn't just something I was raised on, like. The, the God that my parents, Lord willing, believed as my parents did, now it's mine. Like, I exactly. worship Jesus. I love Jesus. I, my life has been changed. And what a blessing that going to that camp revolutionized your life. And now something as simple as worship music in the car was like, wait, 
these guys are really living this out. Like this exactly. is actually yeah, yeah. real. And so, no, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's so cool. I think that's an encouragement to people of you can grow up in the church, but you have to make the decision on your own. Am I going to really make the choice to follow Jesus, right? And that kind of ties into, we go into our podcast today. So we're in 2 Kings 3 through 4. And so we're learning about Elisha and a bunch of different like miracles that happen. And so we kind of get this picture of Elisha where he's given this automatic trust, right? In verse 11, chapter three, verse 11, because of his association with the Lord. So can you tell us a little bit about what stuck out to you from that first chapter 11? Yeah, I think it was, it was kind of, it was really cool that they immediately, like you're talking, they just say, is there no prophet of the Lord here whom we may acquire of and the officer just goes, Elijah, son of Shepat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Yeah. And they're immediately like, oh, the Lord is with him. Mm-hmm. We have this immediate trust of like, like I, I know this guy. Here he is. Oh, perfect. This is like, let's let's meet him. Yeah. And that I think that's kind of just like this network of believers that they had yeah. at the time of like, who around here do we know? Yeah. Oh, this person. All right. Let's put our, they really like, they go and they put so much trust in this guy's hands yeah. after sounds like they didn't know him like very long at all. Absolutely. And I think that's like nowadays in the modern world, we don't have, like, it's not going to be, he poured water on the hands, hands of, of a Elijah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. It's like, oh, this dude was on the worship team with me. Yeah. Oh, this dude, like he, he was at Barnabas and I, like now I have this network of a bunch of different people from different parts of the world Sure. that I'm like, oh, I could just like go do this. If, yeah. Like, oh, you need somewhere to stay? I know a guy. Yep. And it's this like kind of network that we build on just like Christians helping Christians. Specifically in the Christian faith today as we're compared to being a family, right? The family of God. Like we are brothers and sisters in Christ and how we can— like you just said, I did camp too. I can think of, oh, I have a camp friend. It's not, the big thing isn't that they did camp. It's that they know God and they love God. That's the connection piece. And in this verse, in verse 11, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here who poured water in the hands of Elijah, who was this amazing prophet that did these miracles in the name of the Lord. He's trusted because of the name of the Lord. No, I love that. That's awesome. And then we keep going and have in the end of the passage, so we have Elisha with the widow's oil. There's this amazing miracle. And then he meets the Shumanite woman who's this amazing, wealthy woman who ends up giving a room in her home for Elisha. His, she ends up having a son out of nowhere, raises from the dead. But then we get verses 42 through 44, probably verses that we normally would look just breeze over in light of the other cool stuff that happens. And you wanted to park there. So, Will, what's the big takeaway from these verses? Yeah, I think this is a super interesting thing to me because as I was reading this, preparing for this podcast, I stumbled upon this and I'm like, I've seen this story before, but it's not in 2 Kings. This is almost, not exactly, but very similar to Jesus's story of the fishes and loaves after the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. Crowd, how do we feed these people? Oh, well, we have not enough food. Mm -hmm. You think it'll be enough? And he's like, yeah, it'll be enough. And then they have leftovers. And you see that exact same thing. Um, you got some barley bread baked from the first ripe grain, along yep. with some heads of new grain, whatever food that looked like. I don't know exactly <laughs> what that dish uh-huh. is. I bet it's great. I bet it was great. So exactly. Filling. And he's like, we have a hundred guys here. Well, let's try. And yeah. they have leftovers. Mm-hmm. And this kind of thing of, I think that really points everything back to Jesus. I'm like, this, 
this is the Old Testament. This is kind of like the prequels of that. Yeah, sure, like, sure. This happened beforehand, but Jesus comes out and he's like, I'm going to show the world this. I'm going to, yeah. like, this is God's people being saved. And now he goes and he's like, Jews and Gentiles, mm-hmm. listen to my words. I'm here for this. And watch this. Feeds a million. I don't How much was it? Like Thousands of thousands. people. It was 5,000 just men. Five, so okay, yeah, if yeah. you had women and children, we're looking at like 20,000, maybe 10,000 people. So it says in Matthew 14, if we jump there, it actually says in verse 17, it says, they said to him, being Jesus, we only have five loaves here and two fish. And she, and he said, bring them here to me. And he has everyone sit down. In verse 20, it says, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over. So the people of Israel know this story of Elisha. And they know the story of him giving this, um, giving these barley loaves and giving these ears of grain and they're being extra. And now in Matthew 14, like you said, we get to see Jesus performing his own version a more and more escalated version, even more people being able to be provided for in a miraculous way. And so, so Will, how do we tie that into our lives today? We, we talk about the credibility that we can have with people when people know the Lord. And we talk about God enacting miracles and then Jesus kind of doing a different but even greater version. How does that apply to our lives today? Well, I think that's mainly like we talk about how this translates from Old Testament to New Testament, but really like now that we're like looking back that this is the same God, that's kind of, that's the thing that we talk about is the God of the New Testament is Mm -hmm. the God of the Old Testament. And while the story might seem a little different, it's very clear that it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. I like to imagine that Jesus is kind of like, Oh, I know he was like, he was well studied in the word and he obviously had second Kings and like had read it. So like, he almost was like referencing this, like, (laughs) Oh, look, sure. This is me. I'm (laughs) this guy. Yeah. Um, and then you talk about, um, back in where were we? The other one of just the network of believers, uh, that we see in second Kings three, about 11 and 12, just like building trust and understanding that we're a family. Yeah. I think that's really just the key to how we can take this. That's great. Understanding that we're in the family of God and that changes things and understanding that the same God that did miracles in the Old Testament is the same God that does them in the New Testament and the same God that does them in our lives today. No, I love it. Will, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. And as always, I am so glad that we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.